Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Once again, the Trez Paler Show. Trez Paler, senior NFL writer at Yahoo Sports, at Trez Paler on Twitter, also a Hall of Fame voter. Trez, good evening. Big, my friend. Hope you had a great Christmas. Man, I sure did, Therese, and we have a lot, and I mean a lot to get through tonight. Mm-hmm. The NFL was kind of wacky and willy, wasn't it? We had oh, extra man. games. What, what, what a wild week, man. And we got another great one coming. Let's oh, go. man. It, this, this week's going to be insane the way things are coming down to the wire in Therese. You know, we'll start here. Chiefs 17, Falcons 14. Hey, man, this is a tough, gritty game. Defense won the game. I think that's kind of the best news, the best solace going forward. For the Chiefs, did you have the defense step up the way they did and the linebackers play? Jones credited with four quarterback hits. Pro Football Focus actually had him at eight. Clark with three. But that's the best thing coming out of this game to me is how the defense looked. Yeah, to me, um, you know, I'm actually going to go that and the fact that, you know, for the most part, they protected Mahomes okay, you know. Um, no sacks or five quarterback hits. So, like, a few too many. But – in general, the, the Chiefs did a pretty decent job at the line of scrimmage, especially on defense. Um, you know, the official stats got them with four sacks and 12 quarterback hits, 10 of them by the defensive line. So this was a really good job by the Chiefs front of dominating the point of attack um, at, uh, against a team that was missing starting guard James Carpenter they're also missing Alex Mack so this is what they're supposed to do and I like the fact that not too long after we were talking about hey this pastors better show up like they did show up and they got after these guys and that's that's a nice sign going forward I think the one thing you appreciate Therese is when you see these linebackers able to flow and 17 tackles yesterday from the linebacking group mm-hmm. and that includes Ben Neiman getting hurt I remember talking to Derek Johnson up at training camp about it back when Dontari Poe was here. And the fact he was such a large individual, able to, you know, stuff one or two blockers in the line of scrimmage, 
and he could flow. Mm-hmm. This is the, the Baltimore Ravens style of doing things with Ray Lewis. You know, it was, Terry, it was Tony Saragusa up front, you know, keeping people off Ray and letting the linebackers flow and make plays. That's what it kind of resembled yesterday. Yeah, their linebackers can really, really run. And one guy that stood out to me a little bit was Willie Gay. Led the team in tackles with nine. But just like the range he covers, like I think he's starting to get it a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, it normally takes a while to understand Spags' defense. I think this guy's going to be a really good player when he fully gets it. Um, yeah, like these guys can run, man. Like these guys can run. And uh, I, I thought all things considered – for this group to not have Anthony Hitchens, for this group to not have Damian Wilson, um, you know, for Harris to have to step in and play. I thought they did a, a really nice job um, against a Falcons team that really didn't like crush them on the ground. So, um, you know, I, I thought that was a great sign uh, from that defense. You know, let's see it one more week. You got the Chargers who are going to be ready to try to avenge that loss. Uh, early in the season and one of the game's great young quarterbacks in Justin Herbert. So they're going to need that type of effort again this week. I'm not really worried about this offense, Therese. I've seen enough from this offense. When it mattered, they got the job done. And let's face it, the previous two weeks, they put up 65 points against the number two and the number four scoring defense in the NFL. So I'm not so concerned. What I was concerned about is can the defense retain and reform that that championship swagger that the mm-hmm. Honey Badger was talking yeah. about. I'm not worried about this offense, Therese. Listen, they, they, they've been through the grind. They've been going through a lot of plays. They've been doing a lot of work. I think this rest might help them. Oh, definitely. No, it's definitely going to help them. I think they needed this break. Um, this has been a heck of a season. I'd like to take a minute just to appreciate that. 14-1. Um, and one. Yeah. I mean, Ben, you've been here – you know, a long time, and I've been here my entire professional life. Like, I hope people understand and appreciate 14-1. and one. That is a special season, very, very difficult to accomplish. Um, and, um, you know, just to me, the fact that both the Honey Badger and Patrick Mahomes, I heard Mahomes mention championship swagger means, that's something they've been talking about, you know, recently. Both those guys are echoing that, and that's also a great sign heading into January as well. And I like the way Andy Reid was talking about it after the game. He's saying, listen, there's peaks and valleys in the NFL. Everybody's got them. I mean, even the Green Bay Packers looked so good last night. You know, they lost 38-10 to at one point to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. Mm-hmm. It's just what happens. And not only that, this was uh, this was Andy Reid. After the game, when he was talking about it, I want you to listen to this because he kind of gave a vote of confidence to Raheem Morris uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. This team here is uh, it's a weird it's a weird deal because they've been so close, like this game, they've been so close mm-hmm. and just haven't been able to finish it off with a with a W. But they're right there battling, and Raheem, I you know Raheem has done. I think a tremendous job for them. Um, and, and, you know, I'm hoping that Mr. Blank, uh, you know, keeps him. I mean, he's a, he's, he's really done a nice job. And Dirk Cutter, their offensive coordinator, I think is tremendous. Their defensive coordinator had a heck of a game plan together. And now you got Bob Sutton there. You guys know again what I think of Bob. And, and so they, they've got, you know, they've, they've really got a good football team and they, they're playing. And this is a team that, could have just popped the tent right there and said it's over, but battles. I think there's something to be said for that. And that was interesting to me, Therese, you know, because we talk about Eric Bieniemy, the Atlanta Falcons. That was uh, Coach Reed giving a stamp of approval for Arthur Blank to hire Raheem Morris. 
Um, I do think there's other places that would be a better fit for Eric Bieniemy going forward. But again, high praise for Andy Reid. If, if this is a job interview for Raheem Morris that I think has done a good job with the Atlanta Falcons, he certainly was in place with one or two plays going his way, like that interception of A.J. Terrell to beating the world champions in their home. Yeah, and this is the kind of game that, you know, it's not fair to expect them to win, but this would have helped him, you know, in his bid to get that job long term. You know, I do think that Blank is going to hire either a general manager or a coach first and then let that person hire the handcuff at the other spot, you know, whoever he trusts to get this thing done. You know, I don't think this is going to be one of those deals where he can promote from within. Um, but I don't think that this season all in all has been a bad um, reflection on Morris after he took over for Dan Quinn. I think those guys have continued to compete. I think those guys have continued to play really, really hard for him. And they've generally played well, even in some losing efforts. So, um, you know, I, even if Atlanta's not going to be like his long-term home, you know, I think this is going to be a net positive for him on his coaching record. And whether he goes on to be a defensive coordinator somewhere else or a head coach somewhere else, be it in the NFL or in college, you know, I think we can look back at the job he's done this year and say, hey, you've done a good job considering where this team has come from. Um, and I think that's just, you know, Andy paying some respect to a team that really gave his fully loaded team really all it could handle. I thought those guys were really well coached on both sides of the ball in general. I thought they really competed, and they really had a chance to win this game. Yeah, they played hard um, uh, for Raheem Morris, no question about it. Another guy we saw have a second-best rushing performance in his career was Darrell Williams at 62 yards yeah. a year ago. He looked fresh, and Le'Veon Bell, I don't know if he's 100%. He was kind of hobbling over there a little bit. And here's the one thing with Le'Veon. I, I know Darrell Williams would be the third down back, but he had 76 yards of total offense against the Saints. And not only that, but on that touchdown drive to Kelsey that put it 14 to nothing Chiefs over the Saints, he was out there quite a bit. Not only that, they flexed him in the slot. So I know they have trust on him. And also, Le'Veon was the one that iced the game at the end where he picked up the five yards. Then Patrick was able to kneel on the ball. But Darrell Williams really showcased himself. And, you know, I don't know if it was, it was Le'Veon Bell with, with kind of being banged up or not. And I'm not reading too much into it because I saw the guy in some crucial situations in the Saints game. Yeah, I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be okay. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't concern. Like Le'Veon's a veteran. He'll, he'll be ready when the time comes, mm -hmm. um, when they really, really need him. Um, Williams is an interesting player because he's got a little juice in him as a runner. You know, he's got, got a little power, got a little elusiveness. He's been here for a while, so he kind of understands the concepts. This is another guy that can step in and play as he's shown if the Chiefs really need it. Um, you know, I like him. I like him, and they like him too. And if he has to get meaningful carries this all, this postseason, I think they're going to be fine. Torres, another guy that uh, I have floated out there and asked you the question if he should be the uh, the Mackley Hill winner as the Chiefs uh, Rookie of the Year. And mm. he, he keeps making his case. Lajarius yeah. Sneed. This guy keeps balling, yes. uh, Torres. And, you know, he, it's a sack in two straight games. Played corner and safety at Louisiana Tech. He's got that versatility. Can play that yeah. slot. And, I listen, Clyde, you know, the first half MVP, the second half MVP has been Lajarius Sneed. This guy's been uh, everything for this football team. Yeah, man. Sneed is a ball player, man. I love watching this guy play. You know, he's got good athleticism, and that flashes on tape. Um, like, his speed just shows on tape, first of all. Uh, but second of all, I like the fact this guy willingly tackles. 
um, there was like a second and long or third and long, and he really flew up and hit, I think it was Gurley on like an underneath route. I mean, he dove at this guy's legs, and I'm like, wow, like this guy gets after it. And he's physical and athletic, which makes him what? A really good weapon as a blitzer. Um, his sack came on an awesome blitz design from Steve Spagnolo, and I thought that Sneed did a great job disguising it and then sprinting in. He showed an understanding of the angles and the physicality to finish the play. Then, of course, there were other times where, you know, he he, 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 he surrendered a few passes in coverage. Like, you know, that happens to any of them, but he seems like a guy that plays with enough competitiveness that it doesn't really bother him, you know? And I, I like that from him, and I, I think he is the odds-on favorite to win that award from the Chiefs right now because he, he's been really impressive this year. No, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you on that. Uh, Trez, we take a timeout. We come back. Let's talk about this magical season for Travis Kelsey. Goat-like stuff yeah. we're seeing from him and Andy Reid. Rest versus rust. I want to get your opinion on what the Chiefs should do in the next game with resting their players. We do that next. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to the Therese Paler Show. You can follow him on Twitter, at Therese Paler. Go to Yahoo Sports and see his article. He's got one up on Dwayne Haskins with a few Batman references in it. That's uh, a good read And Jared Goff. He's also a Hall of Fame voter. And with Charles Robinson on the uh, Yahoo Sports NFL podcast. Therese, Travis Kelsey, man. This guy, and it's not hyperbole, he might be the GOAT. And I, don't, I think there's a real good argument for it. The only tight end with 100 catches in two different seasons. Of course, he's got that record, five straight 1,000-yard seasons. He's now the uh, single-season yardage leader from a tight end. As he passed Kittle, he sits number one in the NFL in receiving yardage. I'm telling you, Therese, he is basically breaking every record in the NFL for tight ends. Yeah, he is. And I think the coolest thing about it is that, um, you know, Mahomes is – always going to kind of be remembered for this stretch that he's having um and he's on his way to being all-time great but what do all those all-time great quarterbacks have with them like great targets that are remembered as well and that's like really actually the really cool thing about what you know Kelsey is doing it's like these stats that he's putting up are always going to be remembered because like Mahomes is associated with them too and it's it's like one of the great batteries in football, right? You know, when we think of Joe Montana, we think of Jerry Rice. When we think of Steve Young, we think of Jerry Rice, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, um, you know, Tom Brady. That one year with Randy Moss, you think about that. And Gronk, right? You, you can't go, you know, any of these great quarterbacks' careers without thinking of, you know, the receiver that came with him, right? John Elway, Shannon Sharp. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I could just keep going down the line like that. And that, that's the thing that's really cool about it, that, you know, um, what will help his Hall of Fame case. I mean, he he's going to make it, but what will help his case in the GOAT argument is like this battery, who it comes with as far as Mahomes and also like the stage he's doing it on. Like he's basically Mahomes' guy. He's like Mahomes' security blanket. And if they have like another Super Bowl run, 
that's something that people will never forget. And, you know, that will absolutely help his case in that argument. And I think when you look at Gronk, you know, he was with Tom Brady his whole career. And when you look at Travis Kelsey, two of those five, uh, two of those five years where we had a thousand yards receiving were with Alex Smith. So, you know, he did it with Alex yeah. Smith and yeah. Patrick Mahomes, which I really think helps his case. Not only that, but I think his blocking just keeps getting better in his career. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, he's never going to be regarded as the same blocker that Gronk was, but he will be regarded as the more durable player and the better receiver. And, um, you know, I think that goes a long way. And, you know, heck, man, he's only 31 years old. <laughs> what if he puts together three more seasons like this? You know, that's an unbelievable stretch of tremendous tight end productivity. Um, you know, this guy's a lock to catch eight passes a game and, and approach 100 yards. He's a weapon in the red zone, even though defenses know it's coming. Um, you know, this is one of the greatest seasons we've seen from a tight end, period, you know, ever. And, um, you know, um, it's the kind of thing will, that will only be lifted in lore if they finish the job, too. Like, it, put it this way, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl again, like, I think Kelsey has to be one of the guys in America's game. You know, <laughs> you know, I think he's, you no know, question. I, think, I think, I think, he, I think he's got to be right. Yeah, it's unbelievable, you know, the kind of uh, numbers that he's putting up, and it's the consistency in which he's done it, uh, which is remarkable. There's been no let off from him. All right, uh, Therese, one of the big topics uh, people are talking about as far as the Kansas City Chiefs are concerned is the rest versus rust. Obviously, they have the number one seed wrapped up. It's going to be interesting. How many players do you rest? How many players are you worried about with a two-week layoff? This is what Coach Andy Reid today said about that rest versus rust argument. In the past, I've been okay with it, right? The way we've gone about it, the way we've practiced, uh, you know, in between those, the, that, that dead period there, you know, the, um, the bi-week period. So um, I feel comfortable if, if needed here to rest guys, which I, I'm leaning in that direction, then I, I, uh, I'm confident that, that we can do it the right way, and I'm not I'm not worried about that. Um, you know, getting the guys freshened up, I think, could be a positive for you. So these guys aren't going to forget the plays. We've had a number of plays on both sides of the ball. There, you know, they're gonna they won't forget how to play. And so, I, but I think in some cases, a little bit of rest helps out. So. First of all, Therese, when he says those things, you know, there's going to be rest with these players and I have no worry about I have no worry about it somebody in the post game show asked me last night if uh, you know I was worried about a concern about the Chiefs having to rest up and I said did you watch this team in week one they were quarantined and didn't have any mini camps and they didn't have preseason they went out there and put 34 on the Texans and they look crisp doing it but Andy Reid is the master uh, of knowing his players inside and out and this coaching staff knows these players inside and out what do you expect from the Chiefs in the last game? Well, I think guys that are nicked up aren't going to play, obviously. I think, you know, being able to go 21 days in between games or whatever that would end up being will go a long way toward getting some guys healthy, right? So I think I think if guys are nicked up or, you know, they're on the injury report, they probably won't play because it's very important that guys get healed up for this stretch that's about to happen. But, um, you know, I also think like in the past – you know, Reed is, he has played guys 
like the half, the first half of the game, you know, um, in the same situation when they get the bye. Because, like, you know, three weeks is also a long time to go without playing football, right? Like, it's a long time to go, and you don't want to get off to a slow start in general. But, and that that's the threat. Like, you start off a little rusty. Like, I think that happened to Baltimore last year um, in their divisional round game. But, I, but I'll add this, though. Again, you know, it always comes back to Mahomes. Like, I feel like they've already come back from a 24-point playoff deficit, <laughs> you know? So even if they were to maybe start off slow, um, you know, I hope that uh, – I don't think it's arrogant to think that Mahomes is going to make sure that, you know, you don't get down too far. And by the time you kind of get things back in the mix, you'll be ready to go. So you know, he's kind of the ultimate eraser in that way. I think it's important that they prioritize getting healthy. Um, and that means to me, borderline guys, guys who are nicked up certainly don't play. And also you got to, you know, you got to, I think you, you, you know, you try to win the game, but you don't call like wild stuff, potentially putting certain people in harm's way either. I, I think it, I think it takes, you know, it, it's a, it's an art handling a week 17 game when you have the bye week coming after that but Andy Reid has years of experience doing this yeah 19 and 3 after a bye week and 7 and 2 in the postseason after the bye <laughs> he is the all-time bye master but I'll say this too this team is mentally tough Trez you talk about the comebacks for mm-hmm. this team and and I know that there was three things that I thought were really important to the Chiefs this year obviously running it back with the players was big bringing every coach back was big in itself But the biggest thing to me wasn't any of those two things. It was one other thing. It was the ability to come back and do it in the bright lights, coming back from 24, coming back from 10, coming back from 10 against the – in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl. And that's carried through. I mean, you look at these these 10 comeback wins they have this year. Make no mistake, they built that mentality last year when they did it in in the brightest lights, winning a world championship by that method. And they have proved themselves to be the toughest mentally team in the NFL. Yeah, and it really frees you up, doesn't it? It really frees you up to just do your thing um, when you've done it on that stage before and the fear is eliminated. You know, people can't say that you're a choke artist. They can't say that about no. these guys. All these guys do is deliver on the big stage. They did it last year, you know. So it really frees you up to just play football, which is um, a burden very few teams are free of. But you know, Tom Brady, when he was had things rolling in New England, those guys were like that. And, you know, I think you're kind of seeing that now with the Chiefs, too, where they can just play because they know, like, no matter what, um, you know, people can't, like, levy the worst possible insult on them, which is that, you know, they choked. No one can really say that. You know, these guys have, um, you know, year they, they've got, like, a proven track record. And, you know, if anybody says that, you know, they're just trying to get attention for themselves. Switching gears, Therese, this is where we talk MVP. Last night, the Packers beat the Titans, who I put in one of my Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde teams. And the Green Bay Packers, an absolutely impressive, dominating 40-14 to victory over King Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and the Tennessee Titans, who came in red hot. Well, they came in red hot, and this is the way they were in the postseason as well. Again, Therese, they're in my Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde group. I don't know which Titans team's going to show up. Aaron Rodgers' impressive performance. He right now is the NFL leader, surpassing Mahomes as the betting favorite for MVP. Is that fair? Um, You know, the Titans are still a good football team, so I understand why that happened. Um, 
their defense needs some work this offseason. But the, it's funny, only the teams that are, like, really good seem to exploit them. So, um, you know, I understand why it happens. Um, you know, I think Rodgers has had a heck of a season. There's a great story there. You know, they drafted his replacement in the first round, and that kid never sniffed the field because Rodgers exhibited a mastery of his position and a trust in this offense. And I think Matt LaFleur has done a great job building that trust and getting this guy to buy into the style of offense he wanted to play. So um, I get it. You know, I think the Packers' defense certainly has some holes. (laughs) You know, you can run on those guys. Um, but the Packers are incredibly difficult to beat because their offense is a juggernaut. And it's a juggernaut because Lafleur's proven to be a play caller um, that is really high level, better than people thought. And because Rodgers was, quite frankly, uh, anxious to come out and shut people up and keep this kid on the bench for several years. So um, I think people are 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 attracted to the story of Rodgers. I get it. It is a great story. You know, we'll have to see what happens. But I, I do think it'll be close. Um, and I'm not surprised that Rodgers became the betting favorite. Like, it's a fair thing to have happen, even if you don't necessarily agree with it. But it is a difficult choice. And it's one I expect these voters to agonize over. Well, I, I go by wins quite a bit. I respect that and the ability to keep winning games. And 23 out of 24 stands out to me. And one thing, Trez, I heard you and Charles Robinson talk about today on the uh, Yahoo NFL Sports podcast, he was saying it was very close too. You think they're going to split votes? Let's face it, the real winner here is State Farm. <laughs> well said, man. I well mean, said. Obviously, I, I know. Obviously, they're uh, pitchmen for State Farm, <laughs> and if they don't get a dynamite commercial out of this, <laughs> somebody at their ad firm is failing. Like they got to get a great commercial out of this. Yeah. Let Jake um, from state farm, yeah, like, have like, to, like right? separate them, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like it's gotta be, remember those like Geico commercials two decades ago. Right? Yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be something that funny. It's gotta be something that memorable, that good. I'm glad you put that on my radar. Cause um, <laughs> I think the pressure's on those guys, man. They got to deliver. Oh, they have to deliver. Coming up next though, Therese, uh, we seen the Raiders, Raider, and also I do want to talk about Dwayne Haskins as well. You and I have talked about him several times this year, but big news today in the NFL. And we'll talk about the Raiders and the fact that Patrick Mahomes is in John Gruden's head. Why do I know this? He said so after the game. We'll discuss that next. You're listening to the Therese Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Don't forget to go back and listen to that Patrick Mahomes interview, 2.15 every day, but it's at 610sports.com on demand. This is the Therese Paler Show at Therese Paler, senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports, former Chiefs beat writer, and Therese, Raiders continue to Raider. Milk the clock. <laughs> Leaving Fitz magic. You know, they have the throw of the year. Even Patrick Mahomes <laughs> talks about it the no look. But guess what? John Gruden... Maybe he thinks Mahomes put it in his head. Well, we did that against Kansas City. Honestly, we scored with a minute 15 left, and Mahomes went down and beat us. And we felt the play uh, was to eliminate all the clock and all the timeouts and put them back with uh, uh, their back against the wall with 19 seconds left. I don't regret it. I didn't want Fitzpatrick to have the ball. He was uh, doing a good job in the second half. I didn't want him to be in a four-down situation. Uh, he's a gunslinger. He was hot. 
That's all I can say. I don't regret it one bit. I just regret the results. Mahomes is dancing in his head. Fitzpatrick makes one throw where he couldn't even see where he was throwing. A 15-yard roughing the passer. And all of a sudden, the Dolphins, a 44-yard field goal to win. And he says, I've seen Mahomes do this. And you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I think is a relief pitcher for the Dolphins because they're going back to Tua. They just use him to close out games. Yeah, and uh, I, I think it is funny. Uh, I think a little bit of karma's caught up to the Raiders. You know, they really haven't been the same since that uh, that little victory lap uh, around Arrowhead no, Stadium. They they have, have those guys, those guys haven't been the same. <laughs> um, and it was look, it was a dumb decision. You know, take your points. You know, like it was. I get was I get the, I, I get how he came to it, but it was still like a bad decision. And yeah, like it took a pretty crazy confluence of events for that to happen. You know, a no look completion, um, you know, this long field goal by Jason Sanders. It's but magic. isn't it funny? I think I know you've been watching football for a long time. Isn't it funny how those things always seem to happen after you've made a bad decision? You know what? It really does, Therese. And you know what? They, they were like this last year. They started off six and four and everybody talking about it. They dropped five of six. People were talking mm-hmm. about him again. They made a bad decision, week five championship that they had against the Chiefs. And and look at it, man. They shouldn't even have a win since the Chiefs game. The, the Jets game was a joke. And you know what? They, they, the throw to Henry Ruggs, it got Greg Williams fired. But, oh, no. you know, they, they it's unbelievable because John Gruden has a less winning percentage than Jack Del Rio and Tom Cable did in three years. Yeah, and uh, it's it's kind of a shame because – you know, I thought those guys had taken some real positive steps after that uh, went over the Chiefs. weren't they like six and three at that time? Yep. Um, you know, I thought I thought this was a team headed to the playoffs and was kind of building on things. And you know, now you look at these guys and they got eight losses, and it's like, you know, how did you go from six and three to seven and eight? Like, They've that's got a talent, Therese. They got they got the, one of the they better do. tight ends in the NFL. You got Josh Jacobs out there. You got some great wide receivers for that team. The defense has not lived up to potential. Obviously, Cleveland Farrell and Jonathan Abram were supposed to be kind of the saviors for that defense. And, yeah, I mean, I look defensively of what they've done, but they've they've got pieces. I I am concerned, and I always have been, and I brought it up, I'm concerned about Derek Carr being their quarterback. Yeah, and I I continue to say the same thing. Like, I just, like, long-term, my man, I just don't know. Like, I don't know if that's, you know, I honestly don't know if that's, like, good enough. You know, um, he's fine. Um, you know, he, he's a fine quarterback, but in this division, man, Bink, man, like, come on. Like, you look at this division now with Justin Herbert looking like the truth and Mahomes, you know, your your guy, your quarterback better be a guy, man. Like, your quarterback better be outstanding. Otherwise, it's going to be tough to exist in this division, right? So mm-hmm. I'm just saying to me, just to me, um, you know, I think that's a, that's something that they've got to explore because they're going to have to get a little bit more dynamic at the quarterback position to really, truly, completely compete with the likes of Kansas City and the Chargers going forward, in my opinion. The Chiefs have a seven-game lead in this division. That's like having a 21 or 25-game lead in baseball. I mean, it's insane. It looks like Fangio's going back to Denver. So, yeah, somebody better yeah. step up. Uh, Therese, you, we were surprised today. Dwayne Haskins, or at least I was, was released uh, by Washington. He had his captaincy removed, so he was a captain. They did vote him that earlier in the season, but he was polled on Sunday. This was Ron Rivera. 
that was probably honestly the sum of the parts. There, there were some opportunities that he had missed, and you know, to give us a chance, I, I, I wanted to see what uh, Taylor could do because again, you know, it's obviously uh, next week is very important, and we'll see what happens. So that was Ron Rivera after the game. This is the 15th pick last season, Therese, and we've seen the short hook that teams have on franchise quarterbacks. And, yeah, when it's not the guy that drafted you, it's a different situation, but you were still the 15th pick in the draft that threw 50 touchdown passes his final year at Ohio yeah. State. Yeah, and uh, – And you got a nice article you up like on Yahoo. Potential. Yeah, you got yeah, a nice article you, on this. On, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, thank you. But even if um, you expected him – to like not be all that great, like you wouldn't expect him to be released before Jamarcus Russell was. No, like Jamarcus Russell lasted three seasons in in Oakland, and well, Haskins didn't even make it through two fully. So, you know, I thought him today tweeting out that like you know, hey, it's my fault. I take responsibility. I didn't do everything I need to do to be a pro court. Like, okay, you know, you you'll probably get another shot. Like Josh Rosen's on his fourth team. You know, a lot of these Paxton Lynch play for three teams. He'll, he'll, there's still talent there. His arm is outstanding, but, um, you know, he better, he better figure it out quick. And, you know, this league, you know, is moving faster than ever at the quarterback position. There's more quarterbacks than ever. The standard of play and what you need to win on Sunday is getting higher. And you better be all the way in on football and competing and doing all that stuff, right? Like you can't have the stories that have like, been around Haskins around your quarterback in today's NFL because you got too many guys that do all that stuff and they're just not good enough you know like Derek Carr by all accounts like does all this stuff right and we're talking about replacing this guy you know like even though his numbers are good right Bink so you know this the, the 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 margin for error is getting smaller for quarterbacks and um you know I certainly hope that Haskins, who's got a lot of talent, like a really strong arm. Like whenever you complete, whenever you throw 30, like 50 touchdowns at Ohio State, like you mentioned, you got some talent, you know, and I I hope he doesn't throw it away because I will tell you, this league will move past you very fast, very fast, given the quarterbacks coming into this league and the ones that exist and the offensive-oriented nature of today's game. Well, I always liked him and liked watching him play. I wish him the best. I knew when they took the captain away, uh, from his yep. little escapades that he was in uh, deep trouble when that happened. Uh-huh. Don't forget our text number is 9. And by the way, go check out Therese's article. He is, likes to put in movie references, which is really entertaining oh, to me. It. And you had the Batman <laughs> reference in this one. But you, you have a knack of doing this with your stories, which is outstanding. But give us a text at 913-576-7610. If you have a question for Therese Paler, but coming up next, we'll go around the NFL. You're listening to The Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Bills and Patriots tied at three. You're listening to The Therese Paler Show at Therese Paler on Twitter. And it's about uh, time for one of my favorite segments of the week where we go around the National Football League. All right, Therese, Mitch Trubisky and the Bears. Say it with me, Therese. They've scored four straight games, scoring 30 points or more. The most since 1965. We know they they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. This team has been playing well with Mitch. 24-12 record in games in which Trubisky has started. 3-7 when he hasn't. The guy has been winning games this year to tune of 6-2 when he started. Does he have some magic for the Bears? I think this is one of those scenarios where you 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 start doing 
what fits the guy best, and all of a sudden he's playing well. Um, that said, it wouldn't surprise me if they brought him back, but he will be coming back with like more legitimate competition at, at, at this stage than Nick Foles, if he does come back. You know, I think this is a question, quite honestly, that has to go to Matt Nagy. Like, if you're Ryan Pace and you're still allowed to be there and make this call, you're asking Matt what he wants to do. He's coached a guy. He's the one that's found the most out of him. Hey, do you stand by this guy? Do you want him back? If not, we're going to get go get a, a, a young quarterback that can handle this role here now. So, yeah, I, I think it'll be fascinating to see what happens. But I do think the move toward a more Sean McVay-ish offense with boots, play action, has benefited him greatly. Therese, you also had an article about Jared Goff. Speaking of quarterbacks, he underwent successful surgery today on the thumb. Could be back for the postseason. He's been to a Super Bowl, but is he the right guy for the Rams? Uh, I don't think he's shown enough to make us, you know, have a whole lot of faith in that. I thought, you know, um, the Patriots knew how to shut him down as a guy that generally you want to try to pressure. Um, he handles it well sometimes, sometimes he doesn't. He's affected by it more than a lot of quarterbacks, and he doesn't have the creativity to create off schedule like Mahomes, right? Or, you know, Deshaun Watson or a list of guys. And I'm just going to be honest, my column was about, listen, he's fine. You know, he's a game manager, but it's hard not to watch that Rams offense with some of the weapons they have and the coach they have specifically and not think, what if? What if they got a more dynamic, creative quarterback back there? What could they really accomplish? And if I were them, I think it's time for them to start hedging their bet bets. I think it's time for them to draft a second or third round quarterback like Jalen Hurts. You know, like the Eagles did with Hurts, put a little pressure on this guy. And I would say, if he can't handle it and he can't rise to the occasion and he doesn't have a medal you need from your quarterback anyway, then you're free to move on. I think they got to bring him back because of cap reason next year, but... 2022 is a completely different story, and it'd be great for them to have the next guy in their quiver. Hey, one more thing since we're talking about quarterbacks. Back to Dwayne Haskins for just a second. You know, one of the big red flags to me, though, Therese, was Alex Smith was there. And we know Alex Smith and his patience, his, his willingness to help you uh, develop mm -hmm. like he did Patrick Mahomes. To me, the more I thought about it, I thought that was kind of a red flag, especially since he didn't have it going right when he had the right guy to mentor him there in Alex Smith. Yeah, I mean, I, I I sure wish I'd seen more stories about Alex mentoring Dwayne Haskins, but I didn't really see a whole lot of stories about that. Nope. And, you know, I, I think uh, you know I think Alex is more than willing to do that for guys, but there just weren't a whole lot of stories about it. And you know that he he was in a good that part of that situation was good. Like Alex is the perfect guy to learn from, but you know I also think some of the blame for this goes to Washington. They saddle him with a coaching staff as a rookie that didn't want him. That's never a good thing. Um, you know, the organization's completely dysfunctional. Um, it's getting better, but it's still Snyder. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be on him to revive his career, but he didn't get to this point alone. Therese Urban Beyer, the rumors to the NFL, and he didn't exactly dismiss them either. Will that be his next challenge, or is this just posturing? You know, I think uh, Meyer's an interesting guy in the sense that you know, he is a good coach. You know, this is a guy that understands how to create a culture, and he is very much about winning. I, I think he, I think he's a good coach, man. And you know, he's got some health issues. Um, you know, I, the, the thing about Meyer is that you wonder how maybe some of those methods would work in today's NFL, but also. 
The game's more like a college game than it's ever been, so maybe his offense could work here. And, you know, the the way people say that he can build a culture, like, I, I wonder if it could work here. But he, he'd absolutely have to be paired with the GM that you, there won't be, like, a power grab deal here. Like, those two will have to work together. Um, that he'll have to trust that guy. And that guy absolutely needs NFL experience, you know. Um, I, I don't think a franchise like uh, that, that badly needs someone that's done it before, like the Lions would be a good fit for him. But, you know, we'll see. He is a really good coach. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I personally would be interested in seeing how he does at the NFL level. Speaking of coaches, Therese, the Chargers uh, have won three straight games, but this team is known for winning games down the stretch LA with their coaching job what do they do and it looks like Vic Fangio is safe in Denver well I'm not surprised about Vic staying um yeah I think they wanted to keep the keep some sense of continuity there um you know and maybe if you're Drew Locke you know that's probably (laughs) for the best so he's not getting another offensive coordinator this year but I don't think he'll have a particularly long leash um, I think he's got to show it and heading into a make or break year three. Um, you know, as far as Anthony Lynn goes, I think he absolutely needs to win his last game. You know, he is a liked guy, but there have been some breakdowns as far as just how the, the game day operation runs. Um, you know, I think that's 50-50 at the moment as far as whether he comes back. But that's an attractive job as well. Like, there will be a lot of coaches very excited and eager to coach Justin Herbert. Sunday's going to be fun, Therese, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but the NFC East will be fun to watch. Dallas and the Giants play, all right? The winner of that game can win the division if Washington loses Sunday night. If Washington wins, they're the representative of the NFC East. Regardless, it's going to be a terrible record in the playoffs, but all three of those teams still alive, giving us action. Well, um, that division absolutely stinks like we just have to say that this is going to be a third time ever that a division champion has a losing record oh yeah but um this will be a fun weekend for football i think it'd be interesting to see what happens with washington um you know it's basically winning their end man and that that's a fun scenario for those guys um i also think dallas has been interesting because they've really kind of been they bounced back after their defense got off to a horrific start to the season. As we alluded to in the podcast, neither Charles nor I believe that should be enough to spare Mike Nolan. But I think if they can win this last game and win this division, you know, it might go a long way towards solving um, some of the, the, the scabs from what's been a miserable season injury-wise and, and play-wise from these guys in Dallas. Therese, we have a question from the 913. They're watching this Monday Night Football game. The Bills up 10-3. On the Patriots, the Patriots used to be the nemesis for the Buffalo Bills. Are they the clear-cut threat to the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, I think so. I It was Pittsburgh, but then um, Bud Dupree got hurt, and that completely changed the makeup of their team, in my opinion. Um, you know, right now, Buffalo's rolling. Like, I think they got a good defense. I think they know who they are offensively. Josh Allen is extremely competitive. He loves football. I think it's notable that both he and Mahomes have become friendly you know, kind of friendly circling each other as rivals. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's real. I think Josh Allen's got um, the playmaking ability to make that game interesting. Um, and I think the Chiefs have to play well to beat those guys. So the answer to that question is yes. I think they are the clear-cut clear cut, uh, clear cut uh, threat to the Chiefs in the AFC, even if I don't think 
that they're necessarily that there's a great chance they beat the Chiefs. There is a chance. Therese, uh, Mike Kafka's name uh, came up in circles. Adam Schefter talking about it. This is something I had talked to people before the season. I said, don't be surprised if people start looking at Mike Kafka. After all, you know, he was Mahomes quarterback coach, 21 MVP, passing game coordinator for the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs obviously will lose Eric Bieniemy this year. Maybe he does like Matt Nagy where he's one year's offensive coordinator, but it looks like he will be a head coach in the NFL within two years. Yeah, I mean, listen, even if he didn't get a head coaching job this year, I'd imagine he'd be next up to get the offensive coordinator title here in Kansas City. And at that point, it'd only take a year, right? With, like, it's a factory. Like, this is a this is a factory job. It just, you know, um, the, the teams love rating Andy Staff or offensive play callers. It's guaranteed they'll have success with Mahomes, basically. Yeah, like, I think that's a that's a lock. And I'm not surprised with Kafka. Um you know, he's, he, he, you know, in the opportunities I've had a chance to interview him, you know, he understands, um, you know, how to handle media, how to be the face of, um, you know, franchise. And, and, and you know, he, he's a little cautious with his words, but, um, you know, I think a good coach has to be. So you add that to the things he does to help this offense roll. The fact he used to be a quarterback. The fact that he also spent a lot of time under Andy Reid. Like, I'm really not surprised that he's getting thrown into some of these conversations. Therese, what is your uh, objective this weekend? What are you going to be looking at the most? Um, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but probably the NFC East. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, got, I have to, big. What do you want from me, man? I got to watch. I the am NFC too. East. I love. I love it. And uh, you know, I, you know that Pittsburgh Cleveland game is going to be interesting too, though. Like Cleveland's got a winner therein, baby. You know, the winner. If they don't win, they're you know they're basically done. So. Um, I think that'll be a nice test for that program, and also Miami. I think um, if they beat the if they find a way to beat the Bills. I think Brian Flores is going to be your coach of the year. I think so too. That's uh, a guy that I've been liking too. This has been the Trez Paler Show tonight. Put it out on the podcast page each and every Monday from seven eight. Thanks a ton, Trez. Hey, thank you, Bink. Thank you guys for listening. Happy New Year to everybody. There you go. Happy New Year to everybody. Trez Paler at Trez Paler on twenty. Dustin Likens, Red Reaction, Nick Price. Call him next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.